Hey friends, welcome back to the Journal Feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. So, what are we covering from this week? First off, more than one way to block a digit. Indeed, we actually have three ways to do that for you. Second, if you get to know your department, you work better. So, residents staying in one place improved their teamwork. Third, guys, 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 using an easy I.O. to evacuate an epidural hematoma. I love it. Fourth, SGLT2 inhibitors are now very commonplace. Let's review the need to know about those drugs. And then from the fifth article, ketamine, we know it and we love it. Here, ketamine was effective in cases of refractory status epilepticus. So if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber, and so you're not receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only getting a portion of the past week summaries. Now, don't worry, I pick good ones for you, but honestly, they're all good ones. So if you'd like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you will have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And remember, if money is ever a barrier, then just reach out and we can help out. This is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by Megan Hilbert, Aaron Lacey, Amanda Matthews, Gabby Leonard, Megan Hilbert, and Clay Smith. Okay, let's jump over to the third article. Titled, Complete Neurological Recovery After Emergency Burr Hole Placement Utilizing Easy I.O. for Epidural Hematoma. Out of the Journal of Emergency Medicine. Epidural hemorrhages comprise a significant amount of serious head injuries in both children and adults, and the mortality rate attached to this is not trivial at all. Early evacuation within the first hours significantly decreases mortality compared with untreated bleeds. So, quick review. Epidural hemorrhages typically cause a brief loss of consciousness after the head trauma, and then a lucid period of feeling pretty good, followed by a rapid neurological deterioration. Bleeding is often from the middle meningeal artery. This actually happened to my dentist last year after a bike accident. Sad story. Now, this is an emergency that needs immediate treatment by a neurosurgeon. Treatment is typically decompression via a craniotomy or with a burr hole. Now, this article discusses the case of a 17-year-old female who had a delayed presentation to the emergency department after a motor vehicle collision. She ended up having an epidural hematoma and needed to be intubated. Transfer to the neurosurgical facility was unfortunately delayed by bad weather, but a brilliant ER doctor used a 25mm 15-gauge easy I.O. to drain the hematoma. This was done under the guidance of a pediatric neurosurgeon. The patient was then safely transferred, and the hematoma was properly evacuated, and she made a full neurological recovery. Whoa. Whoa. Totally brilliant. Now, there have been some similar cases of this. It's not actually that original, but still. Seems like in other cases when this has been done, the older the patient and the larger the hematoma, the less likely the chances of survival are with this technique. But this is still great. You should remember that this can be done. Of course, I wouldn't recommend this as first line or standard of care just yet, but it's a great option to have, especially for you rural docs out there. Now, in a spoonful, this article reports the successful tempering of an epidural hematoma with an easy I.O. on a 17-year-old female. And then the fifth and final article, ketamine for the management of neonatal and pediatric refractory status epilepticus out of the journal Neurology. 
This is such a classic ER problem, status epilepticus. Now, these are always kind of hard algorithms to follow, though, because honestly, there's a lot of waiting in them. Between each step is supposed to be a solid five minutes, and we are not a very patient bunch. If you follow the EM, FOMED world, then you've probably heard about several of these groups advocating for a more aggressive approach, something like two trials of benzos and then just giving ketofol. Now, I'm sure you could infuse an anti-epileptic after you intubated them, though. Now, propofol works through GABA receptors, just like benzos do, so you'd think it would be a pretty good anti-epileptic. But what about ketamine? Throwing that into the mix. How does ketamine do in the treatment of status epilepticus? Ketamine does have some cytokine modulating effects, and neuroinflammation is thought to contribute to seizure activity. Of course, I think pediatrics are still the ones that use the most ketamine, so let's see if the ped side of things, if they see a benefit. This trial was a retrospective, single-center study looking at 69 children admitted to the ICU for refractory status epilepticus who received ketamine for their treatment. Ketamine was never first line. A median of three anti-epileptics were given before ketamine. After ketamine was given, 46% of patients had their seizures stop, about 30% had their seizures reduce, and the last quarter of patients had no change at all. All this was evaluated using EEG monitoring. Now, this is just one more thing that we managed to throw ketamine at, and it's honestly shown some success. Now, of course, this was just a small trial, and it was retrospective, and it's hard to say if these children were just reacting to all the other drugs we'd already given them, but still, if you're intubating anyways, ketamine is a good choice for sedation in these seizing patients. I mean, it might have helped at least three quarters of these patients. In his bootful, ketamine continues to do it all, including the treatment of status epilepticus, apparently. Now then, let's do a quick wrap-up. Let's talk about everything we covered, just to really sink it in. Third, please don't do this at home, but if you really, really need to, then it's possible to at least partially evacuate epidural hematomas with an easy I.O. And then finally from the fifth article, not first line of course, but reaching for ketamine for your intubation of a seizing patient should be, you know, probably part of your algorithm. 75% of cases in this study showed benefit from ketamine. Now, links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where, of course, the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of space repetition. If you feel like you're missing out, you feel like you'd like to get more podcasts, hear the rest of the great articles that we cover, then you'll have to come join us in the members feed. Our goal here is to provide better patient care through spoon feeding. And so we're trying to help you keep up with the latest research, one spoonful at a time. Thank you.